Are you unable to concentrate on the tasks at hand? Do you need help focusing more or leveling up your game? Here's a tip. Try Cognizant Citicoline, clinically studied to support mental energy, focus, memory, and attention. Cognizant supports brain health and supplies the brain with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Cognizant is a leading nootropic featured in over 200 products. This podcast is powered by Cognizant. Visit Cognizant.com to learn more and find a product to help you fuel your day. Ready to achieve great heights? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Power Your Performance, the podcast where we dive deep with leaders in the gaming world and beyond and learn the techniques they use to power their lives. I am your host, Gary Kleinman. Power Your Performance, powered by Cognizant. Welcome to Mark Goldstone from Acuity, a strategic capital investment firm that translates science into healthcare. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. It's great to be here. Science into healthcare. So, before we get into science into healthcare, how did Mark get into science and/or healthcare? Okay, well, my background was I, I did a degree in pharmacy and, and practiced as a pharmacist for uh, a few years of my career, and so that that background I think was really foundational in terms of you know getting me excited and interested in science and being able to go into different career directions. So interesting. So when you were a pharmacist, was that in a retail environment or was that in a research type environment? I actually started in a little bit of retail. So, you know, got a little bit of training, actually speaking with people and, 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 and being customer centric. I then did a little spell as a clinical pharmacist in one of the big hospitals in London. So a little bit more on you know, the, the more serious end of, of, of treating patients and understanding what were the, the right medicines that they would need for a particular situation. How fascinating. And, and as far back as you can recall, when was the interest in pharmacy or drug formulation that you were first conscious of? Well, I think, you know, when I was at high school, chemistry was really one of my favorite subjects. So I think it probably came from there. So that side of it, it was kind of something I just enjoyed doing. And it was the intrigue of, of, of how to make things was a part of that as well, I think. No, it's fascinating. So anybody in your family with the same kind of scientific pharmaceutical background or and where, where does Mark in, in the family order go? I'm going to be a pharmacist, you know, forget, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, a soccer or football player, you know, certainly in London, whatever you, football, I'm going to be a pharmacist. Was that something totally new in, in your yeah. family? Yeah, it was a little. My mum was a nurse, so, so there was a, a little bit of the, the, the medical health care part. And, but I think that generally, no, not many people in my family were in the medical space. But I think it was a lot of them were in, in business and retail. And so maybe the pharmacy part was a nice balance between being a scientist and being a healthcare professional, but also being in, in, in a retail business. Yeah. So hence why I started that in, in retail and then moved into the other part. And then, okay, so you're you're a pharmacist, you're clinical. When do you look at 
the investment side? Where does the VC aspect come from? And was it always venture capital in this space? No. So that, that took a little while before I ended up in, 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 in that space. So actually, I, I, while I was university, college, I used to write plays. It was sort of like a, a little bit of a hobby. It was kind of one of those things. It was fun. A group of us, you know, used to put these things on. It was mostly sort of slightly, you know, on, on the comedy side of things. It wasn't always that funny, but that was where it was meant to be. But I, uh, it's a little bit of a long story, but basically I ended up as a copywriter in an advertising agency in London. And mostly I, I, I enjoyed being a pharmacist and I was living in London at the time and thought about starting my own pharmacy business and went to the bank and they were very, in those days, very happy to loan me the money to get going. And I kept doing the numbers and doing the numbers and thinking, you know, I don't know how to make this work. You know, it was very expensive. Property was very expensive in London at the time, still is, but at the time, even more so. And so I thought to myself, you know, I've got my degree. I can always do this at any time. Why don't I do something else? And quite by chance, one day I was reading a newspaper that I never read in a section that I never look at. And there was an advertisement looking for a copywriter. And I applied, and I don't know how, but got the job. And I loved it. It was great. And, um, and is that copy for any, I mean, at an agency, but in any specific field? Or was it general it was actually, copyright? It was actually across a, a range of different fields, but it did include some over-the-counter medicines. So the agency had a bunch of accounts that I wrote on, and that was also exciting as well. And so after I'd been there for a few years, I left with one of my friends there and we started our own agency, but we started it in the healthcare space. So we would focus on both prescription medicines and on consumer health, so both sides. So quite, quite different businesses and skill sets, but and it was a little unusual at the time. And that's kind of how I got into sort of more of the let's call it the commercial side, mm -hmm. working with clients to drive their sales and focus on commercial strategy. And so we, the business evolved from advertising and consulting into you know a, a range of services, supporting marketing and commercial efforts. And we ended up selling the business to one of the big advertising groups who then sold their business to another advertising group. And they, after we finished our, our earnout, asked if I would go to the to the States, to New York, where they had set up their headquarters to help them build their global business. And that's how I ended up in this side of the pond. And then I, I did a series of jobs in advertising, much of which was focused on building a global network of marketing services businesses, mostly to support pharma companies and healthcare businesses around the world. So that's where I kind of started doing a lot more M&A work and buying buying assets in this case it was consulting and advertising businesses did that for a few years across a couple of different companies and ran one of the larger advertising agencies with a big global network i think we at one point we had a 40 something offices in about 35 markets just focusing on commercial and marketing services for healthcare and pharmaceutical companies and okay so acuity does essentially what in that space in terms of the investment from science to healthcare 
is, is that basically or more so the investment in, in product and pharmaceutical companies that are producing specific products for specific conditions, symptomology, or illnesses? Yeah, it, it includes that. It's, we're, our, our, so we're an early stage investor. We, we would typically invest somewhere between five, 10, maybe up to $15 million in a particular opportunity. And so we're sort of a series A. Typically, it's the first sort of institutional money into a, a company. So it's quite early, but we're quite broad, um, again, because of the experience of being in commercial markets from uh, prescription medicines and biotech all the way through to consumer health. Uh, so we invest in that space because we know the market. And I spent, as I said, part of my career in, in, in M&A in, in the healthcare space as well. So we have a, a, a good understanding of what the market's looking for so that when we invest, we have a very good access to the exit. That's very important from an investment point is great investing in something, but you know you have to sell it to get the return on your investment. Yeah, I mean, good investment hopefully turns into great exit. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. So, so that you can do it all over again. But do you look more to the consumer brand side addressing uh, thing, or is it more on the, the business wholesale farmer side? So, so our, 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 our strategy is about anything that will improve healthcare outcomes significantly improve healthcare outcomes. So that's quite broad because it could be, you know, if I can get you just to remember to take your medicines every day, I can improve healthcare outcomes. So that could be a piece of digital technology that, you know, gives you a ding every morning and tells you to take your tablet at one end. But it's everything from early stage pharma biotech. We're very interested in cell therapy, gene therapy at the moment all the way to the other end where we're looking at consumer health. We're particularly looking at the application of data, technology, and AI into healthcare outcomes. One of my partners is comes from that tech side, specifically Microsoft, Google, so that we look very closely at how those types of technologies can impact healthcare. But, you know, we're interested in nutrition. We're interested in wellness because it's about healthcare outcomes of keeping people well, as well as treating people who are sick. So it's all of those. And and how many of the companies that, that approach you look at it from a prophylactic standpoint? What what do I need to do before I get ill? So, you know, when I always look at wellness and from a skins.gg perspective, we look at wellness to get ahead of the game. You know, what can I do? What kind of protocol can I put into my own world? so that I stay healthier longer. So is is that a focus or is it more the treatment of something that already exists? It can be both. I mean, I think that space has become very, very interesting. And it's really as a result of, I think maybe 10, 15 years ago, you know, we, we started to get as a, as, as a scientific interest into genomics, into the whole genome and understanding what genes in combination and on their own started to do and of course what we discovered is well you know genes and genome is one half the other half is the environment meaning you know where i live what i do how i behave what i eat what i breathe those two things together are what sort of dictate outcomes and, and in many senses 
wellness. So because there's a lot of research that's been done in understanding that and understanding metabolism, metabolites, and how they impact the body, we're learning a lot more about how nutrition and exercise and the combination of the two and really impact our overall health and health and our, our wellness. So it's quite an exciting area. I think, you know, for example, just this week, quite a, a robust study was published showing that if you have a deficiency of vitamin D, then there's a, a direct correlation to dementia and Alzheimer's. I mean, it doesn't mean it's causative, it means it's related to it. But, you know, we're starting to do reasonable studies to understand. And, and in the past, I think, you know, a lot of these areas, there were smaller studies. So indication hints, but we're now starting to get more and more robust data about the impact of, of nutrition. And of course, the metabolites of the things, the, the things that break down from the nutrition and the food that we eat and the impact that individual components of that have. Well, yeah, it's interesting because earlier today we did a session with Dr. Corey Chikai, who is a chiropractor, and his business is eSports Healthcare. And, mm. and one of the things that any specializes or has a subspecialty in eSports-related conditions, which is actually pretty significant when you think about extended gaming. There's pain, head, neck, shoulders. There's tendon issues. There's trigger finger to, and one of the last questions I had asked him was, what's your recommendation you know, to, to gamers to be healthy and well? And, and what he did say is that what everybody seems to overlook is sleep, is that sleep is, we're, we're sleep deprived to a large extent, and even the sleep that, that we get. And, and it really was this holistic conversation about exactly what you said, diet, nutrition, and part of that he was saying is sleep and mental health, and you don't hear that all too often. Do you get a lot of companies seeking capital that look at that holistically, that are thinking about it multidimensional from sleep, nutrition, stretching, of active involvement, moving, as opposed to just a vitamin D, a, a specific, you know, application. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and actually, I think it's, it's it, you know, t typically what's attractive to investors is things that are quite novel and not so obvious to do. In other words, you're trying to find an edge in the market. So if it's something that anybody can do, if anybody can put together a formulation of vitamin D and make the claim, it's less interesting to investors. Not, 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 a, not an interesting business, but to our type of investment, it's not so interesting. So yes, we're, we're much more interested in people who have done something very interesting from a, a research perspective to understand that, yes, there is a unique combination perhaps of sleep, exercise, and certain nutrition that has very specific outcomes. And they discovered that through research. And therefore, they have an edge, if you like, of knowing what other people don't know. We're, 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 you know, we're a little bit more interested in that type of investment. Yeah, We love patents, for example. It's something that means that other people can't copy what you've done. That, yes. Well, as, as the, we actually talked about this earlier today, I think what people don't realize the most important thing you can have is intellectual property, right? I mean, and, and we were talking about yeah. it earlier with the entire explosion of NFTs. And yes. wh whether you're a supporter of NFTs or not, you know, people think that they get rights to the underlying IP. And the reality is you get the right to the code 
that's connected to that and that you really own is the code and not the IP. So yeah, I have it, having that IP is is an asset that sits on a balance sheet. But from your stage investment, there's some proof of concept, right? Because you're the first yeah. institutional, you're not doing seed or early seed or friends and family or something like that. So whether they're making any money or not, it's a whole different thing, but there's a proof of concept first before you, you guys get involved. Yeah, we really don't invest in hypotheses. We invest in data, <laughs> evidence, proof of concept, or close to that. Enough data for us to believe that it is likely to do what it's going to do. And, and, and we are quite early in some senses, but you know, typically there would be a lot of, if it's for pharmaceutical or biotech, there'd be a lot of data already generated to show that this sh- should do what it does once you put it inside a, a person. And are you seeing kind of, what's the best way to phrase this, a weight towards certain applications? I know that in health and wellness, there, there is a big push to look at gamers and make them. And I know we're going to talk about Guardian and, and some of the things you're doing there. But is is there a sector that you see getting more attention than not? Or not, not than not, but more attention because there's a growing need and a growing population like Alzheimer's. Is there is there more work towards Alzheimer's because we're an aging population and the one thing I guess we all need to do is, you know, maintain our, our mental acuity? Or is it still kind of across the board? No, there's definitely some areas that are have more focus than others. I mean, cancer still is is, is, a, is an enormous area. There is so much research going on in that space. It's also such a broad category as well. Um, but you, you, you know, literally, so immunotherapy is one of the the, the, the more hotter areas. And, and I think the last time somebody said to me, there was close to, there's somewhere between a thousand and two thousand molecules currently in clinical trials wow. in that space alone. So it's a lot. Definitely those big areas of unmet need like Alzheimer's. There's there's a few others there's of that sort of size, but there's there are no treatments really for that. So again, huge unmet need. People are trying to find solutions. So a lot of activity going on in that space. I think there's a lot of focus right now in the sort of leading edge of science, looking at cell therapies and gene therapies, because they're more platform, they have more applications across lots of different indications. So not just for one specific thing like heart disease or Alzheimer's, but across the board. For example, you've heard a lot about RNA treatments. So we've had our two famous vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna, which were RNA. And the concept here is that the, the, the body has all the code to manufacture its own drugs inside. So all you need to do is to instruct that apparatus to make the right protein. So if you're missing a particular protein, you instruct a particular cell using RNA to indicate to the DNA to make that particular protein, and that missing protein now exists, and you're well. That's no, fascinating. That's very, I mean, that's it's, just, it's absolutely that's, fascinating. I mean, that's like Dick Tracy and the watch to me. You know, it's like seriously, we can do that. But I guess what that says to me is that artificial intelligence has to be a tremendous growing application in your space. Is to really, it is is to amalgamate as much AI as you possibly can because it's faster and in many ways arguably smarter than we are is is yeah. that 
growing at an exponential rate that is then progressing solutions faster? Yes, and actually, and that's exactly why people are looking to find ways to speed up the process. For example, I, I think if I remember correctly, of all the molecules that a particular pharmaceutical company might screen, I think the typical conversion rate is something like 1% to 2% get to the market. Wow. So of all the ones they start off screening, so you might screen 20,000 molecules to get you down to 200, to get you down to 10, to choose one. Wow. And that process was, of course, done manually through a series of te lab tests. Now they're putting AI programs to be able to say, ah, I'm looking for a molecule like this to fit a receptor like that. Let's use the AI to be able to screen them out for us, and I can find them like that. I mean, that's the, the theory. And that's starting to happen now, and it's beginning to speed up the process. We're seeing a lot of people investing money in that space. And, and then I guess that would lead to what I hear is and and this would you know impact gamers and non-gamers but certainly gamers is personal nutrition that you will be able to actually map your body so to speak and have a unique medical application or pharmaceutical application to you as opposed to you being part of a larger group but you very specifically do you see a lot of whatever do you see more and more personal nutrition where they're literally doing your cell DNA and addressing your cellular structure and coming up with solutions for you. Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely a growing space. Precision medicine right across the board, whether it's for treatment or whether it's for nutrition, definitely everybody metabolizes and absorbs and utilizes drugs or nutrition in a very different way. You know, it's it's pretty broad, but if you're talking about very precise needs, then there's a huge variation. So, yeah, we're seeing and, and we're seeing AI come into that as well to be able to help people identify the differences. I think you're going to see it start off in very specific areas before it becomes, you know, total for the whole body. But, you know, you might look at very specific needs. The first part of this has been done by the genetic tests. So, you know, you can go and get order your genetic test and not only find your ancestry, but you can also find some of the traits that you have. Now, those are more broad. They're, they're not absolute. What they'll say is you have a more likelihood to metabolize fats faster than the average person. That doesn't say you do because those tests are designed to show a group of genes that occur that are associated with called genome-wide association, as opposed to a whole genome test, which would tell you, yes, you have that very specific genetic makeup, and you do do that. So it's a first level, but it gives you an indication. But we'll see as whole genome sequencing becomes lower cost, more every day, we'll see more and more information come around about how you metabolize. And that's already happening for, you know, certain cancers and you know probably quite expensive treatments that work for one group of people, but for not for another. They will whole genome sequence that person and say, yep, that's going to work for that person, but not for that person. So we'll put them on there. So, so from a business standpoint in, in your firm, is the, the challenge finding the companies that need the funds or is it the, the companies don't know you to seek the funds? I mean, where do you sit 
in the, in that marketing skew. And and after that, I wanted, you know, I'm fascinated about Guardian. So we'll, I want to talk about yes. that, and because it comes up all the time in vision and gaming and what have you. But where 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 where's kind of that friction between? how you choose an investment does that company find you or are you out there you know throw, throwing your bait into the water and 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 catching them yeah uh, we're, we're, it's really a combination of all of those things we're, we're trying to build lots of awareness so people will come and, and seek us out but we're very actively looking for things as well um, and we're looking in particular places so you know the every investor will have their own investment strategy and they will be focused on how they return capital for their investors and so based on that you'll be looking for very specific things within the company as i said our, our fund's a little unusual in that we are a seven-year fund not a 10-year fund we're shorter um, and that's partly because we have a very good insight into who's going to buy or exit our investment to before we even invest so that shaves off a little bit of time sometimes you'll be shopping along for several years trying to do the exit for your company so we've deliberately focused on, on on a shorter fund so we're looking specifically for things that we know that we can create an inflection point in and exit within that time frame so that means we have to be quite precise about where we look and what we're looking at but but we, we don't care where it comes from whether we found it or somebody found us it's quite specific so we're definitely looking for the right sort of thing our you know you know i talk to vcs on kind of a regular basis and a lot of them say, yeah, they'll take cold calls, right? They'll take cold submissions. But most of the time, they want it to come through an accountant, lawyer, or a prior, a prior investable company so that there's somewhat of a warm market. Do you guys follow that? Or are you open to somebody go, hey, I, I'm sending you a deck? No, no, we're, 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 we're open to that. We, we see, you know, you learn a lot about what's going on as well when you see new companies and you always see things that are a little bit different and sometimes you never know. I mean, we can tell pretty quickly if it's going to fit our criteria or not. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty good at screening. So we don't mind seeing, but we're, we're probably, you know, pretty fast and pretty adept at screening. But, you know, we, we'll, we'll work with a lot of academic centers where we've got some relationships where we're looking at technology coming out of some of the big universities. So there's specific places where we will look. But, you know, I had a really interesting call from another VC fund the other day who are based in Europe. who told me about a small company that I would never have found that was really very interesting. So it comes from all over the place. Yeah, I think that, you know, that, that, that's some of the wonders of the internet too, right? Is that it does make the world small. I guess the flip yeah. side of that is it also allows so many people to bombard you that, you know, they, they, they don't seek out what you're really doing and you get a lot of useless, you know, uh, introductions yeah. that they don't really well, understand what you're doing. In, in a sort of a parallel way, I think Oscar Wilde once said, the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. And <laughs> Isn't, that so. the truth? Isn't that the truth? So let's talk, you sit on the board of several other companies that are doing some really interesting things. And when we, 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 when we talked last, what well, was fascinating, and there is a, a fairly big interest in obviously eye health 
generally speaking, but certainly for gamers, right? Because extended gaming sessions, the the proximity to the monitor, proximity to gaming devices, and what have you. And there's probably hasn't been a long-term study about the implication of blue light or macular degeneration and things like that. And I know that as we talked, let, let's talk again about some of those advances and where the focus is on eye health. Yes. So at Guardian, they have some clinical nutrition. They've been focusing on nutritional supplements, but developing clinical data to support any claims that they that they might make. And of course, as a nutrition supplement, they're not trying to make any medical claims. They're there really to support people's health. But one of the things that they discovered is that and as you age, like in many things, your ability to absorb and get things from your diet that you once could do declines. And one of those things is, is macular pigment density. So the macular pigment is the pigment that's at the back of the eye, right behind the area where light is focused. So you, eye has uh, the only part of the body where you've got nerve endings, nerve receptors exposed to the outside world but not only exposed to the outside world, but also focused with high-energy photons bombarding them. Mm. So one of the questions is, well, why don't those get damaged from that energy that's being focused on? And the answer is because the macular pigment, which is made up of carotenoids, a type of antioxidant, is, absorbs that energy and dissipates the, the, the risk of damage. So as you age, your ability to maintain your macular pigment density becomes more difficult and many people it declines, therefore allowing more of that energy to have an impact on the eye. And it's one of those things that probably, you know, contributes to aging of the eye and, and potentially other aspects of, of eye health. So Guardian had been working on developing a formulation where they could measure that when you do take their supplement, you can restore macular pigment density. They can measure it and see that you're down here and that after supplementation, your macular pigment density improves. So you're just adding that extra layer of protection. And macular pigment is quite important, not just for that sort of maintaining eye health, but also as part of visual function. So it's one of the things that contributes to better contrast sensitivity. So it, it, if your macular pigment is declined, your contrast sensitivity can go down. If you can restore your macular pigment density, you can improve contrast sensitivity. And again, they've done some studies to demonstrate that they are able to, to do that. And contrast sensitivity is important. It's important for things like night vision, driving mm -hmm. at night. But it's also important for movement seeing things move quickly. You know, if you're a, a gamer, viewing the fast moving action on the screen or a sports uh, a, a person, whether it's a golfer or throwing a baseball or catching a football, being able to see that movement. You know, fighter pilots have to have not just 20-20 vision, which means their acuity is good, but they also have to have near perfect contrast sensitivity because the speed at which things move is really important. So they're basically working on showing that restoring macular pigment density is important, not just for maintaining eye health, but also for improving and maintaining contrast sensitivity and therefore, you know, restoring optimal, optimizing your vision. 
And where are they with that? I mean, they, do they have, they've got a product? Yes, and they, it, they have a product called Lumega Z. It's the product it's available. You can get it from their, their website. And the studies are ongoing. And there's some great data in that market. There's a, a, an ARID study directly related to, uh, not, not to Lumega Z, it's not an ARID's formula, but in, in that space, there's lots of data to show nutritional supplementation can improve or prevent the progression of, of age-related macular degeneration. So different study, different product, but the area has got a lot of interest to show how nutritional supplements, and it's really, I think, to do with the fact that as you age, your ability to maintain levels of these things from your diet declines, your ability to absorb them. So if you're supplementing, you're actually restoring what your body once had. Hey, if I if, if that'll help me read a menu in a dim restaurant, I'd be happy, right? I mean, right, absolutely. <laughs> right? I mean, forget sporting. I mean, I just I just generally I I, yeah. Too too often I order the special because they tell me what it is. I don't have to read it. <laughs> I don't have to. I exactly. don't have to. But I would love to talk to to them because I think that there there's application obviously in gaming that we can help certainly put that word out because it it comes up more and more and more and more about eye health and, and, and vision, especially long-term, because you, you, which, what's happening in gaming is you, you, because of the, the amount of dollars and, and scholarships available collegiately, you've got younger and younger and younger individuals that are gaming more and more and more. There, there are less parents saying, why are you, you know, get out of the couch and go shoot hoops. And now they're saying, why are you shooting hoops? Get on the couch because there, there is, it is now a career where before it was just a yeah. behavior and activity. So, yeah, we should. We, no, you're we should... right. And, and anything that, that, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the, the key things about uh, genes is genes will kind of amplify what you tell them to do. And this is where environment comes in. So if you think about it, if I, we know that if I pump iron, and lift that barbell every day for five hours a day, I'm going to start to increase the size of my muscle. Now, it'll increase in proportion to what my genetic makeup is, but I can influence by doing things. So the more you do one thing, you know, if you eat a lot of sugar and continues to do that, then the body tries to manage that. And we all know the results of that. So if you're gaming and you're talking about carpal tunnel and many of those things, you know, you have to take the time to be able to do other things, make sure that you're doing it so you're not completely repeating the same things all the time. Otherwise, there are implications of doing the same thing all the time. The body just, the genetic makeup just uses that instruction and continues to do what it says it's going to do. do. So, so looking back, and we're... We'll wrap up soon. I've taken up a lot of your time and more so than I said I would, but such is life. You're a young pharmacist. If you look back and you go, okay, you're you're at the counter engaging with consumers and clinical, and here you are as a VC and investor. Would you ever thought that that person behind the counter would be where you are today? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, life is a, a strange way of taking you places that you never imagined. Uh, no, I don't think I could have planned how, how I got where I am right now. It just kind of happened along the way, you know, so, so timing, right. places, people. But, but meeting people and talking to people, 
always helps, I think, because that opens up opportunities. There's no question. As I hear, you know, the chronology of your story and and you start with a passion and you go through copywriting and health and wellness and what have you. And here you are. You ended up doing what your passion was anyway. So my last question is, what's your recommendation for people that might want to do somewhat of the same thing? I think I think it starts with an, with with a sort of an insatiable appetite for 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 information. Learn lots of things, get engaged in it, and and have a passion for it. Follow your passion, follow your dreams. Talk to people, meet people, connect, and and it'll take you somewhere. Mark, thank you. It it's a great conversation. I will follow all the new and interesting products that you come up with to make us see better, feel better. And I guess it's good to live longer, right? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think that's the the general opinion. It is. That's no, awesome. Yeah, Gary, let's hope so. Mark, much. my really pleasure. We'll be in touch. I want. I, I, I would like to talk to Guardian, get more information so we can we'll share it with our audience. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the MAP Esports Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Please be sure to leave us a review and follow us on your favorite podcast player.